This is the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football League Podcast. Wow, what a throw, 33 yards. Winston is hotter than a match, his ninth completion here in the first quarter. You know how I feel about stats. Really, stats are for losers. Final scores for winners. Here goes Chubb, he's going to go. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Nick Chubb. He's got a hat trick. Anybody can be beat. An 83-yard touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. You like that? You like that? Now here's your host, Ben McLaughlin. Thank you and welcome to week number one edition of our fantasy football podcast. Ben McLaughlin, the cast today, Tim Curran and Austin Orman, and we had our first NFL game on Thursday. This is Episode number two, we had a uh, draft, and an As We Drafted episode that launched earlier this week. So if you missed that one, uh, head on back and, and find out how we did with the draft and kind of uh, where, uh, where we went well, where we did wrong. And uh, yeah, so episode one is already up. If you missed episode one, go ahead and, and dial that one up and come find us again for episode number two. Okay, Tim Austin, um, let's just start first with... Before we get to the action that happened on Thursday with the Chiefs and the Texans, let's kind of get some some postpartum uh, draft analysis. We've had some time to kind of cool off, assess your team, mess around a little bit with your starters. Austin, let's start with you. How, how do you feel your team came together? Are you concerned at all with any particular position? Are you thin at running back? What, what, what's kind of your, your uh, depth chart analysis as we enter week one? The first thing that I would say about my team is that there's not a whole lot of star power on it. It's a lot of guys that I think are pretty solid. You'll you'll know their names if you follow the NFL a little bit, but no big headlining guys. Dak Prescott's a big name. Aaron Jones, maybe, but I feel like he's still not all that well known. And other than that, it's just a lot of guys. So I'm, I'm lacking a little bit of star power. I feel like I have a pretty solid bench. We'll probably touch on that in a little bit but I feel like depth wise I'm pretty good there's not going to be any week that I'm absolutely out of it I'm not going to get stomped any weeks but I'm not going to go into many weeks favored I don't think we're going to be in it going to be competitive but I don't know if I'm going to be an odds on favorite at all so your your team name you're the Orman Rowboats you uh this of course coming from our sports nightly baseball league that we had uh early in the summer just carrying that name over uh the other participant in this week's podcast is Mr. Tim Curran, who uh, was no short of, of venom toward the rest of the league following his draft. Tim, are you on the same wavelength that you were this time a week ago with how you're feeling on your squad? Well, I'm always confident that I'm going to crush the competition. Um, you know, Austin is is met the full brunt of what I could do uh, with Deshaun Watson scoring like 17 garbage points in the fourth quarter. That was good stuff. Um, so I'm happy about that, but my my bench is looking a little bit it's looking a little precarious right now. Debo Samuel's out for God knows how long. Uh, Golden Tate is is banged up. Um, you know, Raheem Moster is at the flex. I, I'm not feeling super confident about that. In fact, if you scroll over to players available, there's Boston Scott who's projected to outscore him by like five or six points, and he's a guy that no one even bothered picking up. So I'm starting to feel a little bit more hesitant about the success of, of the, maybe the long-term success of, of my team. However, I think for this week, uh, I, I will make Austin uh, feel the pain, uh, as it were. I'm ready to crumple him up like a Dixie cup 
and discard him. Okay, fair fair enough. If you haven't figured it out by now, uh, Austin is playing Tim's team, so this is a this is an interesting <laughs> dynamic here to start the podcast. We've got two guys going head to head. Okay, well let's recap Thursday's action. Tim talked a little bit about Deshaun Watson, Houston quarterback, looked pretty terrible, pretty garbage for the for most of the first half. Um, thought maybe he might get a couple of, of early touchdowns while you know the Chiefs defense was just settling in. David Johnson was the first one to score for Houston. They don't score again until the fourth quarter, but as Tim mentioned, Deshaun Watson gets a late touchdown pass and a touchdown run, finishes with 20.82 points for Houston. Tim, what what are you feeling right now about Houston's offense? Because I have Deshaun Watson in another league, and and that's kind of you know your first – if you have a quarterback – the first couple of weeks, okay, how is this offense looking? Are you worried at all with the play calling, the, the weapons? Are you are you worried about, you know, David Johnson, Duke Johnson, who is injured, by the way, uh, taking away points from Deshaun? How would you kind of assess where you are at with, with Deshaun Watson and the signal caller and what Bill O'Brien's going to call? Well, I would be worried if I had uh, any of the receivers, um, although I think Will Fuller probably did fine for himself, uh, managed to. But, yeah, they sputtered a lot on Thursday. They didn't really inspire a lot of confidence, but you know, as long as they don't bench Deshaun Watson, uh, I think I'll be in decent position. I mean, if if you're on the field for all four quarters and the ball's in your hand, you know, the entire game, you're going to have an opportunity to put up some fantasy points, and that's what we saw at the end with Deshaun Watson getting a garbage time touchdown and some completions. So. Look, uh, the Texans can lose every single game from here on out as long as Deshaun Watson has the ball in his hands and the opportunity to play. Uh, but if he gets benched, um, the tears uh, for myself will start flowing and flowing fast. I- I'm not <laughs> looking forward to that. Sometimes sometimes having a quarterback on a team that's god-awful, and I'm not saying Houston's awful. I think Houston's pretty good. I think they – no offense, Austin. I think they might win the division for the fifth time in six years. Austin, being our resident Colts fan, might have something to say about it. But – that's okay. I mean, sometimes having that, you know, the Gardner Minshews of the world, like last year, they were down 50 points going to the fourth quarter, and he was good for a couple of garbage time TDs in the end. Tim, you mentioned Will Fuller. He is owned by our own Brett Witte, whose team name is Homeland Obscurity. He put up 19.2 points for Brett. Brett is playing against our fan, Lamar, who did not have anybody playing. So Brett's off to a good start. Uh, with 19 points on the board from Will Fuller. I think the the most impactful by far matchup from Thursday's games was uh, was our Chiefs owner, who is Greg Sharp, the voice of the Huskers. He's the Hickman Jackrabbits, and he had three Chiefs in action. There are actually four Chiefs in total in action in this matchup against Josh Hilkeman, whose team name is Saucy Nugs. Uh, yes, made infamous by our uh, friend in Lincoln who went viral uh, last week or the, the week prior. Greg has Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Harrison Butker. Mahomes, as Tim has already pointed out on several occasions on Sports Nightly and uh, in, in, other, in other ways, has less points on the board than Deshaun Watson, even though Patty Mahomes did not turn the ball over and threw for three touchdowns. He finishes with about a half a point less than Deshaun Watson. This is a fraction point league that we're running here, so uh, 20.44 points for the Super Bowl MVP. The rookie boys from LSU, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 19.8 points. I know neither of you are Chiefs fans, but what do you think of the rookie and the way that you know the Chiefs wanted to run him? I'm sure the weather had something to do with it, but over 20 carries and over 100 yards for the rookie. What he did to Justin Reed on that 
touchdown run he had is just insane. Gives him a little juke one way, goes right back the other way. Justin Reed's stumbling backwards and falling over. Yeah, the Chiefs got a good one, and Edwards hilarious. Kind of crazy to me. He ended up with fewer points than David Johnson did. I thought David Johnson was washed. I still think he is. He's had a decent game against the Chiefs. And to your earlier point, yeah, Houston might still win the division. They're still solid. Will Fuller's 19 points is pretty solid, but it's almost like Deshaun Watson could use another talented receiver outside, almost like that might help him a little bit. I was disappointed to see Watson get off to a hot start, but I think he's good enough that he'll he'll keep putting up points all year, the, the fantasy variety and the actual variety. Yeah, I don't know what like kind of witchcraft goes on um, in the ESPN fantasy draft board rankings, but Alaire was was pretty high up there. I mean, I don't know if he was a top five. I think he might have been top five or top ten uh, of, of of guys you could pick, and he was a rookie. And you know, I think Ben, you've already made your your uh, stance on drafting rookies clear. I'm I'm kind of with that. I don't like taking rookies at all, but. Uh, you know, a performance like that <laughs> kind of makes you want to rethink that a little bit. You're like, I probably could have picked up someone like that. Maybe instead of taking a guy like Zeke, maybe you take a chance on the rookie who's going to put up 20 points. And, you know, it's it's too early to say whether or not he can do that consistently. But the way he was playing uh, behind that offensive line, you know, he's going to have a lot of opportunities to put up plenty of points throughout the season. So, um, yeah, a lot of us who skipped over Alaire, and I think Greg was – pretty bullish on the Chiefs as he is a Chiefs fan naturally he had no qualms taking the rookie and uh, he paid off for it so uh, good for Greg and, and picking the lair and uh, bad for the rest of us for for not wanting to take a rookie I feel like that's that's the general rule that that I'm not I'm not super high on on rookies but there are a couple of exceptions at running back like guys that you know are going to have a guaranteed workload which isn't isn't common in the NFL and there are two Alaire Edwards Alaire being one of them and the other one was was Saquon Barkley I believe he was a projected top 10 pick his rookie season two in fantasy I <laughs> I would have had no issue drafting Edwards Alaire you know with my first pick if I was like pick seven eight or nine I think I was pick three two or three and I ended up with uh I think I chose Zeke Zeke or Saquon I can't remember um uh, one of those guys and so I I ended up with one of the higher end running backs. That's that's too much of a reach for me, you know, to skip over those guys who are proven. But the rookie did look look good. Greg also got ten points from Harrison Butker. What did you guys think of the Chiefs knocking through that field goal with under a minute left on on like fourth and goal from the one? A lot of people who who put money on the game upset with Kansas City because that uh, made them cover the spread with that with that last chip shot field goal. I think there was like forty some seconds left when that thing went in. <laughs> I remember Al Michaels and uh, Chris Collinsworth made a big deal of it on the on the broadcast. Me being a uh, not degenerate gambler, I did not immediately take notice to that that was uh, what was happening. But um, no, I was more I was more astounded at the way Kansas City was was clicking, and I I, I didn't know if it was going to slow down or not. And I think that the the media is ready to crown the Chiefs champs um, already once again, and I. I think I threw up in my mouth saying that already, but you're a Patriots fan. You've got like five more years of this for, a, for us to <laughs> for us to be even. So I don't even want to hear it. Well, we'll see. We'll see what I, I'm not a Cam Newton fantasy owner, but I think Cam Newton has a has something to prove. He's got a chip on his shoulder, and uh, I could imagine him hooking up with Julian Edelman uh, for a fair few touchdowns. So uh, we'll see. I'll just put that in back of mind for now, and and I'll be waiting with 
with rapt attention waiting for Cam Newton to put up numbers for New England. Very good. Um, also, field goal for me. Yeah, go ahead, Austin. Was that, uh, Sports Nightly, I had the uh, the line for the Chiefs set at 37. Yeah, that's right. And I, I, I bought that. that. So if they would have been able to punch it in the three plays before, I'd have been looking like an absolute genius. Yeah. But they fail three times from the one, make me look a little dumb by shooting a little high. So that was you're, disappointing no, in that I regard. Mean, but I no no issues with it. Your, your line was dead on. I mean, I think if, if you were to look into a crystal ball and you made that question, you would have set the line exactly where you had it. I mean, in, inside the five with first down, I, I think – yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. That that line was dead on. So I don't think you have. I mean, that's not a not a bad question by any stretch. Um, so yeah, that was that was actually a good question on on your part. We should point out also in that matchup that Josh has Travis Kelsey, and he had a monster first half. He had all of his damage done in the first half. He scores seventeen points in the first half, no receptions in the second half. But I think overall, Josh would probably take seventeen from Kelsey. That's going to be, you know, the higher end of maybe the highest mark of a tight end in week one. Um, so, that, I mean, that, that, that matchup, guys, had 67 points in it. 50.24 to Greg, 17 to Josh. That's, I mean, that's a lot of firepower to, to have happen on a Thursday. But, but yet, here we are. Some other quick uh, matchup, or uh, excuse me, Thursday final notes. Players of note, we mentioned David Johnson. He finishes one tick shy of 20 at 19.9. Mick Steiner uh, owns him. And Tyreek Hill, 15.6 points. Most of that coming on a, a goal line touchdown throw from Patrick Mahomes in the, in the side of the end zone uh, on the boundary. Tyreek Hill, 15.6 points. Former Husker Blackshirt Josh Banderas owns Tyreek Hill. So he's on the board as well. Those were all the scorers in our league that, that were played. Now, obviously, there are other guys that are on benches that uh, that did not play. But here we are uh, with the finals from Thursday. Big night for fantasy. Obviously, a lot of Chiefs are going to be owned, and a fair amount of Texans are going to be owned as well. Okay, here are the matchups this week, fellas. We've got another former Husker and myself going at it. It's Jeremiah Searles, former Husker off- offensive lineman and National Football League offensive lineman. Uh, me and him going head to head. I'm projected to win 125 to 120. You have Josh Banderas and Mick Steiner. That one's tight uh, after those two performers that I said before, Tyreek Hill and uh, and David Johnson. We already talked about Josh and Greg. We talked about Brett Whitty battling our fan, our fans team, Lamar. He's the bug, eater, bug eaters of Star City. Uh, he has uh, nobody on Thursday, so his full roster uh, will play later today. And then, of course, the epic matchup of the week, you boys, Tim and Austin. So those are the matchups um, heading into the first week of the fantasy. All right, guys, I think now we should probably run through some of the injuries of the last injury report submitted before uh, the kickoff. So these are as of Sunday morning, and the teams uh, will submit their final injury reports after this goes live. So we will not have the you know, IRL in game time. Some of these may change, but we'll just run through some of the big ones. Cardinals look fine on, on offense. Obviously you're going to, we're, we're not going to go through the defensive ones. Um, Balt, uh, Atlanta looks fine. Baltimore uh, looks okay. Buffalo I think is fine. Carolina, nobody. Chicago, here we go. Chicago Cordero Patterson was a full t- participant on Friday uh, he's listed as questionable. 
I think he's probably a go. But the biggest one here is David Montgomery. He was a full practice participant um, on Friday with a groin injury. He was supposed to miss about two to four weeks. Is anybody here uh, a David Montgomery owner, or is that somebody that is uh, not present? Yeah, I don't think – no. I, I, I have him in my other league, but, but not this one. And I don't know if anyone else Let's has see. them. David Montgomery is owned by – because Josh is Tariq Cohen, who's another Bears running back, but mm-hmm. I, I know I don't. Might, I actually might have him. I might be on my <laughs> team. Let's see here. Know your team like the back of your hand. As yeah, they he say. is on my roster. He is not playing. I, I I do not have him in in my uh, in my lineup. But yeah, he he is listed as questionable. But the fact that he was a full participant on Friday is good news. Bengals look good. Uh, Browns look good. Uh, Cowboys are fine. Denver is fine lions look okay uh the big one with the lions though is to keep an eye on is uh the wide receiver kenny kenny galladay he is doubtful uh so he did not practice at all on friday and boys when you're not practicing at all by friday it's not looking good he's got a hamstring are are we i'm looking at my roster i do not own kenny galladay are either of you kenny galladay owners no I am not. That could be a big loss, though, for the Lions. He's he's their main outside threat. The running game has gotten going a little bit with on Johnson and a couple yeah. other well, guys. Jer- but Kenny Galladay is really the big outside threat for Matthew Stafford, and that's part of the reason that I don't have Matthew Stafford starting. Jeremiah yeah. has Kenny, and he is, okay. uh, with practice, great foresight and has him on the bench. So Good. You won't pick yeah, that he up. he is on the bench. All right, so, yeah, so Lions, obviously, that's a big one to watch. Kenny Galladay, I think, is going to have a big year. He had a big year last year in fantasy, 1,000-yard receiver. Packers are good, so Aaron Rodgers and his supporting cast, good. Uh, so you're good there. The Colts look all right. Uh, nobody that I think is going to have a big impact on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Trey Burton was a, was a big acquisition for them. He's on IR. He's expected to return week four, so – um, don't have to worry there. Jacksonville, and and not just we're going to homer this, boys, but uh, Divino Zigbo, he is on IR with a hamstring, so he'll miss at least three games expected to return week four. How about Ziggy getting some love? A lot of people picking him up off the waiver wire with the with the uncertainty at the Jacksonville running back position getting rid of Leonard Fournette. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I think we're probably a little bit uh, biased here, uh, but, you know, hey, uh, Devon Zigba is a guy who's going to have a chance to get some some reps and, and definitely some crucial reps. And so, um, yeah, I, I would have I would have definitely taken him a chance, uh, taken a chance on him rather. Um, but you know, my team is already so solid as it is. Why even <laughs> why shake things up if it ain't broke? Yeah. Don't fix it. You know, that's more of a deeper league. I think you know, twelve, fourteen team. Uh, bigger roster type pickup uh, with Ziggy. Raiders are good. Uh, Chargers. Um, big one there is Mike Williams, receiver out of Clemson. They're not playing till Monday night. He's got an AC joint injury. He was limited on Friday. He's listed as questionable. That could be a big one. Rams are good. Uh, Dolphins are good. Uh, Vikings look good. New England, Nikhil Harry with a shoulder injury. He's listed as questionable against the Miami Dolphins. He was a full participant on Friday. Again, that's a deeper wide receiver, probably not. Uh, too necessary to worry about him. If you're having to play him already, you might be a little weak, a little thin at the receiver spot. Uh, New Orleans looks fine. And speaking of New Orleans, how about yesterday, uh, Alvin Kamara? That was a big, big uh, source and uh, of relief for a lot of Alvin Kamara owners. They, he got his deal done. What do you think, boys? He and Dalvin Cook both signed big 
uh, extensions are, are are those guys worth it do you think or are those are those just kind of panic moves I would say at least Camaro's worth it because he offers a lot out of the backfield a couple of weeks ago on sports nightly you mentioned that he's had is exactly 81 catches each of the last three years so I think for New Orleans that's another weapon they have to add to Michael Thomas that stable of receivers Jared Cook at tight end Dalvin Cook is one he'll probably be worth it for another year or two but the Vikings love to run the ball they love play action he's not quite the weapon out of the backfield so he's worth it for now I think that one's going to age a little bit more poorly but in the moment I think they're both really solid deals yeah I would agree with Austin sorry gentlemen I'm getting distracted I'm already wheeling and dealing on here are you? Uh, I'm already working the the waiver wire, picking up some guys because I totally forgot that I need You're to doing put that right Debo now, huh? On my uh, on my IR, uh, so I did make a late addition. What'd you uh, get? Darius Slayton, it. big play Slay. Okay, uh, that's a not free agent wide big receiver. Play slay. That's that's. Well, I know that's. Big play slay, but... Let me have this, Ben. <laughs> let me have this. He's big play Slay to me. It's my team. I got to pick their nicknames. Okay. Big play Slay projected to score nine points. He's going to be sitting on my bench still. Um, but Ben, I don't know if I'm, am I getting ahead of myself? Cause I, I do have a question about who I should start the flex. Yeah, week. we'll get, we'll get to start sit here in a minute. Running through the last injuries, but Darius Slayton is a, is an interesting guy. He's a guy I looked at Tim about, to draft. He and Sterling Shepard are going to get most of the targets. Evan Ingram, I think has a chance to be solid at tight end, but he's just never healthy. So Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are, are obvious candidates, um, to, uh, to get, get some work. Speaking of the Giants at wide receiver, Golden Tate hamstring injury listed as questionable. Tim already talked about him. He's on your bench, yeah? Yep, he's on the bench. He ain't starting this week. Riding the pine. The Jets look good. Let's go ahead and finish up the injury report here. Jets look good. Okay, here, here's a big one, guys. Philadelphia, Miles Sanders, who was a every fantasy expert was salivating over the second year running back from Penn state there. He was a projected first late first, early second round pick. He is listed as out, uh, as at Washington in week one. So that aforementioned Boston Scott from Tim now becomes valuable. He will take all of those reps at running back for Philadelphia. So miles Sanders out for Philly. This is a tricky one, boys. Hamstrings are not fun. Um, and, and, Boy, you want to talk about an utter mess of an offensive skill position. That is Philadelphia, who just can't seem to stay healthy. They were playing quarterbacks at wide receiver last year. Carson Wentz was hurt. Zach Ertz was hurt. And this is not a good start if you're an Eagles fan. No. No, Miles Sanders out. Jalen Rager was on the injury report for a while. That's why maybe a guy like Jalen Hurts could help them out because he is a little bit more versatile, maybe a Taysom Hill type of player Miles Sanders was a guy that was on my radar for the draft didn't end up getting him but yeah Philly's in a rough spot I think as a team they're shooting for one of those wild card bids I think Dallas is the the front runner in that NFC East division so Philly needs all the firepower it can get and losing Sanders isn't good for Philly or the fantasy owners you mentioned Jalen Rager Austin I I skimmed the injury report three or four times to make sure I didn't miss him he's not listed so he was uh he was another guy that I think he hit what was his deal was it a shoulder with him I think it might have been a shoulder for Rager upper body something yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was supposed to miss up to four weeks and they they were amazed at how fast he returned and so here he is uh, off the injury report for Philly Steelers look good we'll finish this up quickly Steelers look good Niners Debo Samuel on IR uh, he he's expected to return week three Tim 
Week three is expected to come back, so keep your eye there. Yeah, well, I I might just drop him if uh, Big Play Slay, uh, as I have just coined his <laughs> his nickname here, pretty creative and clever of me, uh, comes through. So uh, Debo's on thin ice already. Already on thin ice for the uh, defending NFC champions. Seattle, the, the, the only one of note, Rashad Penny, he's on the pup list until week eight. So this is more for a, a workload standpoint. If you have Chris Carson on your team, that's more of a – a long-term deal to another guy that isn't going to take carries away from you. So that's good news if you're a Chris Carson owner. Tampa Bay, uh, the big note I saw on Tampa Bay boys, Mike Evans, he was originally listed as doubtful for week one today against New Orleans. He is now listed as questionable. He was an LP on Friday. So good news if you're Mike Evans owners. But again, a, a hamstring injury could be tricky. Tennessee Titans. I am a Mike Evans owner. Oh, you are. Okay. What's, I am the Mike so what's Evans your, owner. I'm guessing you're benching him, right? Week one. He, he uh, yeah, I saw him get moved to questionable, and that was that was a positive sign. Is that a GTD? Like Is that a game time to, decision? Man, I don't, I don't know. I I moved him to my bench, so I'm I'm not riding with him. I put AJ Green in okay. his place. I. I it's just going to take, I know AJ Green's going to play. I think Joe Burrow's going to get AJ Green the ball a little bit. But yeah, Mike Evans was going to be a few points better than AJ Green, at least projected. And that, that wind the margin between Tim and I and the projected points. So that was a bit yeah, of a bummer. That, that is a, point, a computer points influencer for sure. All right, just a couple teams left. Titans look fine. Corey Davis um, was listed as questionable. That's again a deeper league wide receiver. The Washington football team. Uh, they look okay, so that, that kind of wraps up the big injuries, at least the ones that are on the injury report heading into uh, the, the action here today. All right, boys, start, sit. Is there anybody on your team right now, Tim? I know you have a couple or at least one that you're is – there, is there somebody that you want to play but maybe projected lower points or you're like, I'm just going to ride with this guy? Um, anybody that you're questioning right now if you should start or sit? Well, there's just one, and uh, it's, it's Raheem Mostert because – as you know, San Francisco has a, a thousand and a half running backs that they might go with. And so Raheem Mostert did pretty well in the playoffs last year. So is that going to get him some more time in 2020? I don't know. Um, right now I've got him at my flex spot. He's projected to score 10.8 points, but uh, I also have Deshaun Jackson, who a, a geriatric Deshaun Jackson, who <laughs> is, is projected to score 11.6. But you also have to take the account for that Carson Wentz like tears his rotator cuff every other snap it feels like so what happens if if his the starting cube goes down and Deshaun Jackson's running out there with no one to throw him the ball so uh, I'm torn I am uh, in a glass box of emotions as they say uh, I'm not sure if I start Mostert in week one is that too risky I mean I'm definitely I'm not going to just drop them that would be crazy but I, I I don't know if this is a smart move to start my flex week one it could be it could be insane okay well I would give you advice, but I feel like, uh, you know, this is tampering because you're, we've got your opponent on the other line here with Austin. Austin, do you feel like your lineup's set? Are you good? Are you good with who you got? I mean, you mentioned Mike Evans being the big one with A.J. Green. What was the projected points difference between those two? Mike Evans was, at, I think, 14 and a half or 15, something like that. A.J. Green was just at 10 or 11. They bumped him up to 12.1, so... Got a couple points back there. My heart wants me to go with Marlon Mack. I really want to start him. I got him for my bench. I think that's a, 
a good depth move, but my other two running backs right now are Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler. T.Y. Hilton's in my flex, and normally I'd say go with a running back in the flex. They have so many more ways they can put up points with the carries, with the receptions. Probably easier for him to score a touchdown than T.Y. Hilton. But Jacksonville's secondary is just not good. So I'm rolling with T.Y. over Marlon Mack in my obligatory Colts final spot in the flex. Interesting. So you're usually running back over receiver in the flex. Normally, I think they just have so many different ways to get touches. I think the variety is typically good. That's typically been my strategy. And this is a PPR league. So, yeah, I mean, if you've got a guy like Eckler, uh, a guy like Kenyon Drake, a guy like David Johnson who are going to get those receptions. Okay, Austin, I need your advice. I've been doing some reading on the Colts running back room. I have the other monster in that room. You mentioned you have Marlon Mack, who had a good year last year for Indy. I've got the rookie, Jonathan Taylor, projected at 10.7. What's the outlook on JT this year? Kind of sounds like he he's going to be used just to spell Marlon Mack at least you know in the second quarter, second second possession, second third possession uh, of the game at least to start. What are you hearing from the from the Colts running back room? They're very high on him as they should be. Jonathan Taylor broke all sorts of college rushing records that Wisconsin as Nebraska fans are far too familiar with. If this tells you anything, Mack is projected for ten point eight points and Taylor at 10.7. I still have some misgivings about him out of the backfield. He didn't catch very many passes at Wisconsin, and that's a big thing for Phillip Rivers and Frank Reich. That's why Austin Eckler put up so many points all those years. I do think Jonathan Taylor will get snaps. I do think he'll have his fair share of yards, but Marlon Mack is still RB1. The Colts, potentially. I think that's well within the realm of possibility. The Colts have been adamant that Marlon Mack is their starter, but they've also said they're going to play the best guy. If Jonathan Taylor develops as a pass blocker and as a pass catcher, I could see him supplanting Marlon Mack, but for at least the first two, three, probably four weeks, I think Mack's going to get the the lion's share. Okay. Um, Yeah, so that's my only question. I've got, I love my running backs. I've got Saquon, I've got Josh Jacobs, both projected over 18 points. Saquon at 19.2, Josh Jacobs at 18.2. I think Keenan Allen in my flex right now is is safe. He's at 13.8. I'm a little worried about my receivers, boys. I've got um, A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin, both second-year receivers. Scary Terry came out of nowhere and had a monster rookie year. A.J. Brown, I think, is going to go off. I think he's going to have a really good year this year for Tennessee, especially if Tannehill continues to throw it up and Derrick Henry – you know, is, is making people crowd the box. I think A.J. Brown's got a huge potential uh, to be good. Are there any guys that you drafted or you saw somebody else pick? They're like, hmm, that was a good late pick. I'm going to call them sleepers. Is there, any, is there any sleepers that you have on your team that maybe aren't projected more than 10 points, but you're like, okay, this guy I think is going to help me. Maybe it's a rookie. Maybe it's a guy coming off an injury. Is there anybody that you guys are kind of have your eye on? Or maybe they're, they're on the waiver wire of somebody that – you think that you think could have a good year, but maybe aren't quite worth rostering or playing just yet. Well, definitely Watkins. Watkins was a guy who no one picked up, and he went off for like twenty points <laughs> on Thursday. So I'm already regretting that one. But I've actually Ben, I have to call you out now because uh, when I drafted Rogers, um, I thought aloud, "Oh, maybe I could have picked up Cooks here." Well, guess what? Cooks scored like what, like maybe a point. <laughs> on Thursday. And yeah, he didn't do well. So, yeah, I'm not feeling bad about that at all. In fact, if I had started him, I would have been pulling my non-existent hair out. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm doing okay. But, yeah, there's always I, – I, what I always do in fantasy is I basically just – I never trade 
I just hunt the waivers and I just claim whoever I think is going to have a good week. And I, and that's basically how I do it. Uh, the, the team, you, you don't win in the draft, but you actually win by which scrubs you can pick up week to week in the waiver room. Trades are for the weak-minded. It's all about who you can claim. All right. Austin, do you have any sleepers? You know, the thing about having a, a draft with as many teams as we have is that you can just take a flyer on a lot of guys and hope they work out. One of them, for me, Robbie Anderson and Carolina. I don't love what Carolina has offensively. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be pretty solid. Christian McCaffrey, obviously they have. But outside of that, there's not a whole lot. So I'm looking at Robbie Anderson You know, in a few weeks, maybe not this week. He's not projected to have the most points, but I think he can have a solid year for me as that third, fourth receiver that I'm going to keep an eye on. I think he's going to be a feature for that Carolina offense. All right, and and my one sleeper that I have, I, I really like Zach Moss, boys, the rookie out of Utah and Buffalo. Devin Singletary had a bad camp from all reports. He, he's having fumble problems. I think Zach Moss is a really good receiver out of the backfield. I know Buffalo is still going to want to run the ball a lot, uh, they don't have a ton, you know, they don't have a ton back there. And I think, you know, by week three, week four, Zach Moss is going to turn into, um, a 60, 70, 75% snap usage back. And so I'm really, really glad I scooped him up. Okay, boys. And I, I just thought of this on the fly. Cause this is what, this is what we get to do when we're in charge of our own podcast before we hang up here on uh, episode number two, I guess this is technically week number one, episode two podcast. Let's, uh, let's all make some predictions on who we think is going to be the highest scoring fantasy player of the week. So uh, we already know Patrick Mahomes uh, finished with under his projected total at 20.44. Christian McCaffrey is probably going to be a pretty, pretty obvious pick, Lamar Jackson. But uh, let's just make some predictions and you know, kind of keep track of this throughout the year. Whoever's the, the weekly panel, we'll, we'll just throw out some predictions on the highest scoring fantasy player of the week. So any volunteers to go first, or do you guys want me to go first since I'm just throwing this on you right now? Well, mine's easy. Zeke's going to run for, you know, 1,000 yards, going to put up 85 fantasy points. That said, I just remembered, they're playing at L.A., right? Wasn't that, like, going to be possibly postponed because of all the wildfires going on over there? So now I'm sweating bullets thinking that my my top running back might not play because of some like unforeseen act of god like this is this is actually having me nervous however uh if they do play um and he is not harmed by the smog uh Ezekiel Elliott will score 90 fantasy points you heard it here 90. first okay Austin any any guesses and, and Tim, we're recording this on Saturday night so things could change Tim you will know by the time that your roster has to be set um, if they're going to play or not. They're not going to let that baby go until an hour before kick. You, I mean, they'll know. You'll know. By the time that you wake up when this airs, you'll know if he's playing or not. That's heartening to hear. Yeah. Austin, what about you? Any any guesses? I was going to go with Saquon, and then I looked up the schedule and remember that they're playing Pittsburgh. I think that Pittsburgh defense is absolutely ferocious. It's scary. It was top 10 last year, might even better this year. So I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey week one. I think there are going to be some holes he can poke around in that Las Vegas Raider defense. So I think McCaffrey gets his usual diet of points and leads the league week one. All right. I'm, I'm just going to go off off the cuff here. I'll just, I mean, I, I want to pick somebody different. I'll say it's uh, – man, this is tough. I'll go – I'll say Alvin Kamara is, is, uh, is the week one leading scorer. 
he just got paid. Maybe he's, uh, you know, he's feeling feeling pretty pretty good about himself. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe he goes nuts in the, with the receptions tomorrow. But you know, he plays the Bucks, so maybe some checkdowns there. Nineteen point five nine. Alvin ESPN actually has this nice little feature. It ranks all the projected players. Uh, Christian McCaffrey projected number one, twenty four point six three. Tim's pick was Zeke. He's the number six pick at twenty point four eight. And uh, my pick, Alvin Kamara, was rank 11, 19.59 projected for Kamara. So, I don't know. This is probably dumb to do, but we're going to do it anyway because uh, we, we can. And uh, we can do whatever we want because this is a podcast. So, um, that's, that's the beauty of it. All right, gentlemen. Um, look, before we say goodbye, you guys point each other. Austin, confidence level. You're going to beat Tim today. Well, the thing is, is that if you look at the projections, Tim's favored by five or six points. So, I'm going to give myself a 40% chance. I like my guys. I think they're going to be solid. So Tim getting 21 points on the board early was a lot. That's certainly a hurdle to overcome. That's more than my quarterback Dak Prescott is projected for. But, you know, I, I like my guys. I have confidence in them. That's why I drafted them where I did. So I'll take I'll take a 4 out of 10 chance and pray like heck that Tim's guys drop the ball a lot. Tim, where are you at? Um, I'm at 11 on a scale of, of 10. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson came through. Not going to lie, I, I bit my fingernails off uh, watching the first half Deshaun Watson performance where he put up like 3.4 points. But he came back in the end and put up 20, uh, effectively sealing Austin's fate. And uh, if Austin doesn't just straight up drop out of the league entirely by the time I'm done with him, I would be shocked. Okay, so Tim is 110%. The Hong Kong Cthulhu's didn't drop out of SNBL, so the robots aren't dropping out of fantasy football. Although they probably should have, let's be honest. I am playing against Jeremiah Searles. My confidence level, boys, I'm about like a 7.8 out of 10. I'm pretty confident. I'm a 78% chance that I'm going to victor over Jeremiah. I love you, Searles, but I think my team's better than yours. So I guess we'll just find out, wait and see. All right, gentlemen, Austin, Tim, final thoughts? Anything you'd like to say before we say goodbye to the people? I mean, I kind of feel like Tim said a lot already. Yeah. Well, I have to add one more. Um, I'm Go adding books. one caveat to my my prediction. I am having nightmares that Deshaun Jackson is going to go off for 40 fantasy points, and he's going to be sitting squarely on my bench. Uh, if that yeah. happens, then this league is in protest, and I don't accept the results. But okay. if, if it goes as planned and I start Mostert and uh, everything goes well and I beat Austin, then the, pl- the league will not be in protest because all is well with the world. That's all I have to add. Very good. All right, gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Austin, Tim, thank you. Good luck. And I'm not sure who will be on with us next week, but if it's not you, look forward to talking to you next time. Absolutely. It's been a blast. Go Boats. All right. Tim Tim has shut his mic off. He's done. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is episode number two, episode three, coming your way next week. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you then.